Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you really feeling? Girl, I always say that's a loaded question. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I feel like when people say, how are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm fine. But then there's like so much to that. So, right. um, but now I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I don't really have nothing new or nothing popping going on right now, but I'm good. How are you? I'm doing like a really, I'm doing good. First and foremost, I'm happy that it's starting to warm up. Um, praise God. I'm happy that the spring is about to be here. Thank God. And then I'm also excited like for yes. the next um, couple of weekends because I get to see you. And then the weekend after that, I get to see you two weekends in a row. Like what is life? Like, I know. It's like the it's whole day. so fun. So I'm really excited yes. about that. But before we get into all this fun, I have to ask you, did you watch the um, special of Meghan and Harry on own on CBS, I mean, with Oprah. Did I? Yes, I did. And I have a lot to say about that. But um, did you? I guess you did since you're asking me about it. <laughs> I did. I watched it. Do you watch The Crown on Netflix? No, but everyone keeps talking about it. So I think I am going to check it out. Um, but you I know, have not seen it. So it's really good. I think, you know, they try to say that it's, you know, it's nothing like it, but I think that if you watch it, you'll get way more context because it, it seems that it is based on them. But, you know, first off, um, I got a lot of thoughts. So I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to try to. <laughs> first off, um, they didn't let the chopper sing enough for me. Okay. First right. of all, right. I would have. Aired them out. I thought, you know, I thought that they still did not say a lot, and I think that they still left a lot unsaid. But I think that they said a lot in like royal terms, if that makes sense. I feel like they danced around a lot of things, um, a lot. Yes. Um, because you know, thinking back, I can think back to when you know. Um, Harry proposed to Meghan and everybody was so excited you know we were like you know we get a black princess and da 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 but you know after watching that interview um, I don't think that we thought of or foresaw you know the level of racism the level of hatred the level of um, inconsiderateness that she um, endured I think that it really, the whole thing really kind of made me sad. But what really made me sad is the fact that she said that she was suicidal and nobody would help her. And the fact that they had conversations about how dark her child's skin would be. First off, first off, Megan is mixed, right, but right. she can pass for white. So how dark is this baby's skin going to be? And it really, you know, just made me sad because despite being in 2021, the fact that people can have that much hatred for an unborn person that has a a splash of black in them. And if we're being if we're being real, I went back and looked at all of those um royal fo- photos. They're not cute. So <laughs> I'm crying. Um, 
they're not, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being serious. Um, and so that was a thing. But overall, you know what? Honestly, I am so happy that they spoke their truth. I'm so happy that they exposed them. Um, I want, this is probably not the Christian thing to do, but I want them to be harassed like Megan was harassed. And I am honestly just so proud of her husband for standing by her and doing what he needed to do to protect them and to get them out. Thank God his mama left them money. Thank God he had a wife that was like, you know, I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. Thank God he had enough common sense to be like, this isn't for me. And for them to treat her like that really broke my heart. And it just, I, I heard something the other day or today, and I'll let you tell me what you think, that said, you know, some we often celebrate women when they're the first, like, you know, Megan being the first, you know, black princess and different things like that in the royal family. But we never talk about what comes with that. And I think that what we saw in that interview, we saw what being the first sometimes looks like. And honestly, I would have never known all of that was going on unless she had said it. So I'm so proud that she spoke her truth. I'm so proud that she stood up for herself. And I'm so proud that Harry stood up for her and he stood by her and he protected his family. What do you think? I I can see your points on all of that. I do think that um, I can believe everything that she was saying as far as the racism that was happening. Oh, yeah towards her and her son and talking about the skin color and talking about how he wasn't going to be considered prince and how um, right. he was not have not going to have the same security or protection. I do get that. I think that that something ain't right about that. However, right. like you said in the very beginning that you felt like they didn't let enough tea spill, which I, I can see why they couldn't really do that. But it kind of frustrated me when I was watching it because it's like she was so adamant about, you know, I, I feel like I lost my independence. I lost my voice. And it's like, well, Oprah and CBS is giving you this platform and you're still kind of not saying what you really want to say. They kept saying the institution did this or this. So of course they weren't going right. to name drop. Like I knew they weren't going to do that, but something just did not add up for me because right. I understand what she was saying about, she felt bullied. She felt like people were attacking her because even I would even get mad before they got married. I would get on Yahoo or something and see them just trashing her but they would be praising Kate and of course right. I'd be like oh it's because she black that's why y'all doing that you know so I get right. that I get where that comes from but for me it the things that she was saying did not to me did not warrant why you should leave the entire royal family now I know like or, or leave her royal duties as well so I know that <clears throat> I'm not trying to downplay her saying that she had mental um, health issues. She felt like she wanted to kill herself. Like that's nothing to play with. And that she felt like she couldn't get any help. But at the same time, I don't know if I believe that all the way because they are um, your royal highnesses. So like, for instance, if they get sick, they can't just go down to the urgent care. They have doctors that come to the royal palace. So I found it hard to believe that there was no like counselor, no priest, at least no, no somebody that would have um, that you could at least talk to. And if there wasn't, what really didn't sit right with me is that after all of this had um, transpired um, and they moved to California, she never said that she actually got to um, 
you know, get the help that she needed. So I was like, was that really the reason or not? Because it seemed like she was like, well, I just wasn't mentally um, being able to like survive. But then she never said, well, I finally got the help that I needed. So it made me feel like there's some other reason, like, girl, did they threaten you? Like, what was the real tea? You know, I understand that she felt like, you know, she couldn't handle what was being said about her in the tabloids or being bullied on social media. But like, why are you looking at it? You the princess. You are the princess. What can they say to you? To like, And you have this, she kept talking about representation. And for her being mixed race, she is representing a lot. So I felt like she was kind of looking at it in a negative light. Like, yeah, it may have been way too much pressure for her, but she had the opportunity to really make a difference in the world and in the countries that she, you know, served. So for me, I was just like, what is it really? I just, to me, the interview just did not give me like anything that really warranted why your husband left the entire royal family. And for me, forget being a princess, forget being a prince. But for you, for her to be a wife, I would never want to feel my have my husband sacrifice his whole life and everything he has ever known for because the tabloids are talking about me because it's too much for 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 me at that moment like to me it just wasn't enough to be like I'm just stepping down from the whole entire Buckingham Palace bye I'm going to live with my little chicken coop in California and y'all can have that so for me I just didn't get enough from it I was like what is the real deal and he said you know uh, I read somewhere they got paid like $60,000 a month. That's a lot. Most people don't make that in a year. But then when he got financially cut off, um, of course, he had to um, use his inheritance. And another thing that made me sad was that they stripped him of his military badges. And it's like, I didn't know that they could do that. To me, that's kind of wrong. Like you served in the military and they stripping you of all that, like as if you never served in the war or anything, because he actually served and he wasn't even supposed to do that. And he was kind of a rebel anyway. So I I see I can kind of see him just leaving. But the thing that really kind of upset me is when he said that he was trapped but didn't know he was trapped. And I felt like Oprah was like, uh, what you mean you was trapped? Right. <laughs> and so for me, I said, I think what he was trying to say was I like when a person grows up so sheltered in a strict home, they don't know that they're sheltered until they get out into the real world, till they go to college or till they become an adult. I think that's what he meant. But it's like he doesn't know anything different but being a royal member. So it has to be a lot for him to sacrifice everything he's ever known. He said he doesn't talk to his father anymore. Him and his brother were super close. They barely talk. So it has to be a lot on him. And just I just hope that down the line he doesn't end up resenting her at all. I mean, yes, they're all in love. It's a beautiful family. I understand he wants to support her. But I just hope that this was all worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a bigger picture than what she was describing in the interview. And I just feel like we didn't get, well, I personally didn't understand what was it really that made, like, you you barely been in the, in the Buckingham Palace. It was like barely two years. So what was it really? Like, girl, like I said earlier, did somebody threaten you? Like, what was it really? So that would be my thoughts on it. I just really, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, just kind of add, to what I said a little bit earlier, I think that kind of what you said, like something more happened that they can't tell us um, or that they won't tell us and different things like that. And I think for me, just from the outside looking in, you're kind of like, 
I do agree that, you know, I wish they had told more or name dropped or gotten a little bit more specific. I can't talk specific um, because I think that they just kind of danced around the issues a lot. Um, But I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. I, in a weird sort of way, I did enjoy the interview, but I wish that they had just talked more. I don't know if you've seen the clips of when Princess Diana did, Diana did her interview with BBC, like like in 1998 or 1986. Like she let the chopper sing. Like she was talking, mm-hmm. talking. And I wish they had done that. Um, I do think that for them to leave, I think something really dramatic and hurtful and different things like that happened. But I honestly think that they just really did this interview to get something kind of off their chest, but also to kind of let the royal family know that, you know, they didn't necessarily have to be quiet anymore since they had stripped them of everything. I just wish that they would, whatever happened, I wish that they could work this out, um, between them because at the end of the day um family is family if it's a healthy family and it's not a toxic family but it sounds like from what I got from it that there was a lot of toxicity within the family and just speaking from personal experience when people are toxic or when people are I'm trying to find the words when people are toxic or you know they're or they're not the nicest to you and different things like that. I think sometimes that we underestimate just how much mental health plays in our day-to-day lives. And I guess I just know for me that nothing would be worth my mental health. Like the moment that I would start the, if I had the thoughts, I want to kill myself, like something would have to change. So I don't know. I just, honestly, I was really surprised that they did the interview. Um, I was surprised that it was televised. Uh, but overall, I really just wish that they would have let the chopper sing a lot more because she's a way better woman than I am or that I will ever be. Because I would have been singing. Well, it's really sad because she will continue to be in the tabloids. And now this right. just made it kind of worse because it's almost like she's, um, she'll she'll always be blamed as the culprit. They're never gonna blame Harry at all. They're gonna look at her, and that's the sad right. part about it. Because I don't think that she deserves that. Um, because they're a couple, so they both made this decision. It's not just her, but um, you know, not only was she getting scrutinized in the tabloids before, but now it's really gonna happen. And she said that she's done other podcasts, so she's been going around talking about it. And to me, at this point, just leave quietly. Okay, I understand you want to get your voice out, but if you're not gonna say what you know a little bit more which they probably are trying to do it respectfully which I get that but it's like now it's almost like what is your what is the purpose of going around doing these different podcast interviews and stuff if people aren't really going to understand it and now she's still going to be scrutinized like like which was causing her mental health issues in the first place so I just I'm sad I wish she would could have in a way stuck it out so she could really make a difference with her role and you know travel the world and and help these people in these different countries but it just didn't work like that some people you know maybe she just couldn't handle the pressure that's understandable but I just I hate that it had to end like this and I just hope that they're able to really be happy in in this decision that they made so so let's 
keep it moving and get into our first segment, which is dating and relationships. So Shelby, I came across this post on social media about mistakes that women make when dating. (laughs) It's quite a few of them. So um, let me know if you agree that it is a mistake or that if you disagree with each of these statements and let's talk about why. So we'll just kind of go through one by one. So first up is, is telling him all your business, is that a mistake or not? What do you think? Um, I personally think it is. I think when you first meet someone or you, you know, you meet a guy, girl or whatever, I just don't think it's cute or I don't think it's the best decision to just let the chopper sing on all your business. I think it's one of those things that you have to like give them information the more you all get to know each other or the more, you know, that you all decide that you want to be exclusive. I think sometimes when people go and they just read they just read that the other person their rights on the first date that's overwhelming like if somebody did that to me and they put all of their just they all their trauma all of their worries just everything on me on day one or day two that's not gonna work for me because then I'm gonna feel like I gotta carry the load all the time so I think that it's just Mm -hmm. better I guess for me I would just feel better if you just gave it to me in pieces because what's the point of telling me all this information if two or three weeks down the line we decide that we're not that we're not going to be together we're not going to work now i just know all your business and that ain't cute that's so that's that's and that's and you know i'm i'm skeptical anyway of people so i tend to just give pieces of information the more i get to know you and the more i trust you that just kind of works better for me and then when you tell your business to people sometimes people can take that and use that against you sometimes people just get close to you to find out information about you so you really have to be careful about what you share to people and i think the more that someone shows themselves worthy to be trusted or to be in your life or to be your partner then the more information you can share with them i think for me that just kind of has worked for me in my life and what I want to do with dating. What about you? What do you think? Um, I agree that this definitely is a mistake, definitely for me, because I'm never the person to tell all my business off jump anyway. I uh, like to tread my water. So, um, but it's just an example would be like, if you're somebody who usually just discloses everything uh, off top, you you could make that mistake by like exposing your traumas or something off top. And you may think if this person that you're connecting with, they actually understand what you've been through. And it is honestly, it is nice to meet somebody that understands what you've been through. Because um, a lot of times when you go through some a trauma or something, you may think that nobody knows or understands. But that could just be way too much off top. And you have to be careful with connecting with people on that on the level where you're really just kind of connecting with them off of a trauma bond with that person. And then that can possibly develop into like an unhealthy attachment to the person, not necessarily somebody you're supposed to be dating because now y'all done told y'all traumas. Now y'all just living off y'all traumas. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like my advice would be to just use discretion and guard your heart. I'm not saying hide everything and not be honest, especially if this person is showing a clear effort that they want to be open with you and tell you about their past and tell you how, you know, why they're the person they are today. Like, yeah, use discretion and kind of um, be that person to them as well. But just don't do it all at once at once. That could just kind of throw somebody off and run somebody away. So um, that's what I would say. But the next one is, do you agree or disagree that this is a mistake is by telling him he's the only guy that you're talking to, even if he's not? What do you think? 
I think that's a huge mistake because I think that, um, I think honesty is the best policy. So I think that if you're sitting here and you're telling someone that they're the only person and they're not, um, I think that you're starting out on the wrong foot. And I think that you're proving that you're a liar because at the end of the day, when you first start talking to somebody or you're getting to know somebody, like you're not attached to that person. Like y'all haven't decided that you're going to be exclusive, you know? So you don't owe this person anything. I think that honesty is the best policy. And honestly, if I was getting to know somebody, I would want to know if they were dating other people, um, you know, and just kind of and I think it's important to be honest about that because I want to know where your mindset's at. You know what I mean? I want to know that, okay, I asked you this simple question. You're not attached to me. And you told the truth. Okay, he's like, that's going to make me think, okay, he's trustworthy. He's honest. I can trust him. He's keeping it 100 with me, you know? So for me personally, I think it's wrong if you try to tell somebody that they're the only person they're not because you shouldn't have to lie about anything like that. And, you know, some people don't care if you're talking to anybody when you start, first start talking to them, you know? Some people are like, okay, mm -hmm. game on. That's them, not me. But that works for some people. So I guess for me, like, honesty is just the best policy. And I think that if you are talking to someone else, I think that you should tell the other person, especially if you are having sex with someone else and you try to have sex with them. Like, that's not cool. Oh, yeah. Honesty. So for that's sure. what I think. What do you think? I think... Um... I agree that it is a mistake only if he has shown you or said that he is dating multiple people. Like, don't be like, well, you date multiple people, but I'm only dating you. So what's up? Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, don't tell him that he's the only one because that could be um, way too much pressure on him. So until he, you guys decide, like, what we doing? Are we on the same page? Like, what are our expectations? Then you could revisit that conversation. But I think in terms of like, you just getting to know this person, like, I wouldn't say that I've personally have made the mistake of putting all my eggs in one basket, because I'm that type of girl, I don't want to be talking to two and three and four and five dudes at one time. One is enough for me. But I'm always find myself in this situation where I'm talking to someone and they talking to three different people. You know what I mean? But I have never disclosed to them that you're the only one I'm talking to. But obviously, from me being available to this person all the time and me being there all the time, it probably revealed itself. But I never. So my point is, I never actually told a guy straight up that, you know, that's what I um, that he's the only one. But then a way that I can kind of disagree that this is a mistake is that I think there's always a right time to mention um, if you guys are both talking to other people or whatever. Um, once you decide whether you're dating casually or dating exclusively, just to get on the same page. So that's what I would think. But the next topic is telling him what you're looking for in a man. Do you agree this is a mistake or do you disagree? I think it's a mistake. And let me tell you why. I think a lot of times as women that we'll sit here and we'll tell a man exactly what we want. And not all men, but some people will morph into that person and pretend to the, to be that person, reel you in, get you attached and then boom, switch up on you. And now you looking like Bobo the fool, Bobo the fool. Um, so <laughs> I think for me, I don't, I used to do this and I noticed that, the people that I was dating or entertaining that they would try to morph and they would show me this person that I wanted them to be. But it turns out that's not who they are. So I guess for me, what I've found to work is I will give you a cliff note version 
of what I expect in my boundaries. You know what I mean? And then once I give you my expectations and my boundaries, I see if you fit into that with what you bring to the table. Because for me, I don't care what you say. I care what you do. I care about your actions. And I would rather you just be yourself and for us to see if, hey, if this is going to work, than for you to morph into someone else. Because I think in our society today that sometimes we want to be with people so bad or we like the idea so bad that we want to be everything that they want us to be. Even if that means that we have to pretend or be somebody else for a little bit until we can, you know, put it on them and they love us for us. And I think that's a mistake. I think that when you start off on the wrong footing, you start out being somebody else, they're going to keep expecting you to be that person. They're going to keep expecting you to show up and be that person and to do those things that you did to get them. My whole thing is whatever you did to get me is what you're going to have to do to keep me. So don't start something you cannot finish and maintain. That's my whole thing. So for me, I don't tell men what I'm looking for or what type of man I want, I will tell them my boundaries (laughs) and I'll give them an overview of my standards. But for me, I want you to show me what type of person you are. I want you to show me by your actions. I want you to show me every single day so that I can make an informed and accurate decision instead of allowing you to waste my time. What about you? Yeah. Yes, because I've had many experiences where they just try to fake it till they make it and then they don't make it. So my my thing would be, yes, I agree that this is a mistake. If you straight up tell him exactly what you're looking for in a man, like if you're like, yeah, I want I need my husband. That's what I'm looking for. No, don't do that. So I would have a conversation coming from kind of like what you were saying, Shelby, is what are my expectations? That way it's kind of in a way if he's really listening and he's really interested, you're letting him know what you're looking for by telling him your expectations. So like an example would be, I expect to hear from you every day. I expect to hear from a text or a call every day. That's kind of like saying to him that in a man, you're looking for somebody that's reliable. You're looking for somebody that's consistent. Um, and it's in a way you're telling him what your your boundaries are. You're setting your boundaries. So if he's not willing to meet those standards or those expectations, then you are, you also know off bet he's not that man you're looking for. So that's how I would approach it. And kind of to your point, Shelby, like some people only pretend to be the man you're looking for for a short period of time but it's going to be a short period of time because people can you can only fake it so long and you can't fake a person's expectations if that man is faking he's not gonna sit up there and call you every day like you expect he, he can't fake that for too long so that would mean that would be my answer to that the next one would be is being too honest is that a mistake that we make in dating or not what do you think Um, I don't think it's a mistake that we make, but I think that some people are honest. I think some people are rude. (laughs) I think kind of that's where the disconnect comes in. I think honesty is the best policy and I'm one of those people. And I think I say this all the time. I tell you this all the time. Um, as long as you deliver what you're saying in a respectable and kind manner and there's no ill intent behind it, honesty is always going to be the best policy. I will always have more respect to ride for somebody and I can give somebody a chance to forgive somebody that's honest. But if you're not honest to, with me, then we're then Houston, we have a problem. I think that a lot of people just try to say they're honest, but a lot of people are actually rude. A lot of people are actually condescending. They're narcissists and there are a lot of other negative things that I can't think of right now. And I think that that's where the negative connotation comes from, honestly. 
Yeah, I would definitely disagree about this being a mistake. You always want to be 100% honest. Like I kind of said in the first point about telling him all your business, like use discretion. You ain't got to be blunt. You ain't got to be rude. Um, I, But honestly, I would rather have somebody tell me or kind of lay it all out there in honesty. Um, And that kind of leaves me the choice if I want to deal with it or how I want to deal with it. And I remember going on a first date with somebody and he straight up told me, look, I got three kids, two baby mamas. Wait, what? Um, Huh? (laughs) So, But he was I mean, not that you can hide that, but let's be honest. I have dealt with people who hid how many kids they got. Okay, so I'm just saying that it is very important to just kind of if you lay it out there that way they can, um, you figure out how to deal with it. And if that's your choice, instead of you don't even have the choice because you didn't know, cause they weren't being a hundred percent honest. Um, the last and final point would be not holding him accountable, accountable. Do you think this is a mistake that we make in dating? Do you agree or not? I agree. And I think this is actually one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make. Um, I think holding somebody accountable is necessary for um, a healthy relationship. Um, and that goes for friend, that goes for romantic relationships and that goes for platonic relationships. I think uncomfortable conversations make for healthy relationships. And I think that so many times we don't want to make somebody uncomfortable or we want to give people the benefit of the doubt or we don't want to bring it up because we don't want to make them uncomfortable or we don't want to make them upset or angry or agitated. No, if I can't hold you accountable, if I can't question you in a respectable way or ask you a question, then we have a problem because somebody that doesn't want to be corrected is somebody I can't be with because they're ignorant. And they're always going to be a, a my way or the highway type of person. And that's a problem. And that's not how relationships work. I think accountability is very important. I think accountability keeps you on your toes. I think accountability keeps relationships healthy. And I think accountability really keeps allows you to make sure that you're being a good person and that you're doing what you're supposed to do in relationships. If you can't hold your partner accountable or somebody that you're dating accountable, that's a red flag to me. Because why can't I ask you a question? Why can't I question you on something? Why can't I ask you why? Why? Why does that bother you? If that bothers you, we have a problem and we can't be together because I don't ever want to be with somebody that I can't openly talk to. And I think a lot of times people think accountability means confrontation. And that's not necessarily the truth. I've had people in my life hold me accountable. And I think accountability sometimes can be as simple as, you know, hey, you said that you wanted to accomplish this. What are you doing to get there? It's not always an argument. You know, and I think that's why a lot of people are scared to bring it up or scared to hold somebody accountable because they don't want confrontation. They don't want to fight. They don't want to argue. But I think when you're with somebody that's mature emotionally mentally or somebody that's willing to mature and work through it, I think that you will make for a healthy relationship. But I think, like I said, that if somebody has a problem with you holding them accountable and they catch your attitude please run don't 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 stop keep going until you are far away from that person because that is a red flag and that's not healthy I definitely think that not holding the him accountable is definitely a mistake um I think that obviously nobody likes being corrected. Nobody likes being told that this hurt their, you hurt my feelings or I didn't like the way you do this. People don't like that. 
But if you really care about that person and they come to you and say, you know, this is what bothers me. You made me feel this certain way and and you don't try to fix it. Do you really care about that person? No, you don't. So I've learned that holding him accountable really sets him apart from the strong, from the weak, from the one that cares about you, from the one that don't. So um, for me, like you said, Shelby, it definitely is a red flag if they don't try to fix it or if they try to turn it on you or gaslight you like, oh, you tripping, you just in your feelings, like it's not that serious. It's like trying to downplay your feelings or anything like that. He's a mistake in himself. So <laughs> it's time for you to uh, walk away from that. But um, I just think that it could turn into, um, if you don't hold the person accountable, it can turn into them using you. And then you'll look around and realize that you've settled for something. You haven't t- uh, stayed true to your standards or anything like that because you're maybe too afraid to... Uh, if you say anything to them, maybe it will be a confrontation. You're scared that that would happen. But I feel like you have to find a way to stand up for yourself if you feel like you're being disrespected in any type of way or that they do need to be held accountable. And it's just a maturity level, too. Like if you are not mature enough to listen to your partner to, that that has concerns about how you made them feel with something, then something ain't right with you. So <laughs> I do agree that it's definitely a red flag if you do not hold them accountable or basically how they respond to you when you do. All right, so let's keep it moving to our next segment of the show, which is the journey where Shelby and I will talk about how our journey is going with um, all things melanin. So let's talk about pitching. Um, So often we have people that reach out to us via email and DM to be on our podcast, which is really exciting. But we have some people that pitch to us the wrong way or not in the right way. (laughs) So we don't mind being pitched to, but here are some things that we want to share with you guys to keep in mind, whether you want to pitch to us or whether you're looking to pitch um, to some other brand. So number one, Shelby, let's discuss this one. It is telling us who you are and what you do, like making it clear um, what you do and who you are and what your brand stands for, just off bat. That should be the very first obvious one. Uh, What do you think about that point? No, I think that that's really, really important because I think that a lot of times when people reach out to you and they say, hey, I want to be your podcast or hey, I want you to, you know, test this and, you know, show it to your community and different things like that. Um, It kind of like when people do that and we don't know who they are, it kind of catches me off guard. It's like, who are you? And I don't mean that in a negative way, but just like literally like, who are you? And so I think that one thing that is very important when pitching is you have to make it very easy for us to want to work with you or to do business with you. Like if I have to go search for you and to find out who you are, what do you do? What do you bring to the table? If I got to search for your social media and all that stuff, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do it. Me and Erica both work nine to five jobs. We got families, not like kids and them, but like we all have our families and we have, you know, things that we're doing that we have going on. So in order to work with us, you have to make it very easy for us to want to work with you. So, you know, whether it's by DM, but I'm going to let you know, most people are going to prefer email. It's just a lot more professional um, and different things like that. Tell us who you are. Tell us your name. Tell us what your brand or your product is about. Tell us why it makes sense for you to be on our podcast. And if it does make sense, tell us three to four things that you're knowledgeable about and that you could talk to us about. Also, after you do that, send us a media kit so we can get a good overview of who you are. But also, if you've been on other podcasts, put a snippet of that in there. Also, include your social media platforms. 
in your email. If you do that, that makes it easy for us to really make a really quick decision. Because like I said, if we go through and we read your email, but we're confused about who you are and what you do, more than likely, and that's and that's that's not even just us, that's other people. More than likely, it's gonna be a no because people are impatient and people don't want to research and find things. So you have to make these as easy as one, two, three when you're pitching, you know, to be with somebody else. And you also just want to make it professional. You want to make sure that when you're pitching to our brand or whoever's brand that you um, are showcasing, you're representing your brand also. So you don't want to just send like a little half-ass thought thought about um, a pitch. You want to make sure that it looks like you've taken the time, you've done your research about the brand you're pitching to. You put all of everything that Shelby just said um, into that particular email. But then also you want to be able to tell us how you would add value to our podcast audience. And so what that would tell us as well is that you've actually listened to our podcast. Now people have pitched to us where you can tell they ain't never heard or listened to an episode and we got about a hundred episodes. <laughs> so <laughs> it, telling them how you would add value also would tell us that, Hey, you actually listen because you, um, you've answered that question by giving us just concrete examples of topics or ways that you could just kind of seamlessly be in our podcast. Now, granted, we do usually have a segment um, for specifically for guests, but if you are a listener or you've taken the time to listen to one or two, you know what the segments are and maybe it would be awesome if you kind of put that in there and be like, oh, I, I would love to be a part of your mentor moment because I am in the mental health field or something like that. So just right. being, um, doing your research and just adding those details. Do you have anything to add to that, Shelby? Nope. I don't have anything to add to that one. Okay. So the next one would be, like I just said, actually listen to the podcast, but that just really goes back to knowing who you're pitching to by just thoroughly doing the research. Because by the end of um, your pitch, we should be able to say, hey, we need him. We need her on our podcast. Um, Don't make a search and, and have to think, well, how could we fit this in there? Does it really make sense? So an example that um, we could share, Shelby, is uh, last year when we had the founder of the Black Pod Collective, shout out to Anna, she's the founder and creative director. Um, she reached out to us to be a guest. And after reading her p- p- pitch email, excuse me, um, we didn't even have to question or ask how would she fit? Like she made it so easy for us to say yes. So um, you remember that Shelby? Like, what did you think about her pitch? Um, yeah, I remember. I just remember like when I came across her email and I read it, like even before like we had talked about it in my mind, it was a yes for me. Because when she emailed us, first and foremost, she was professional. She told us who we who she was. She told us about her platform. She included all of her social media handles. She included a media kit, but she also included topics that she was very knowledgeable in that she could talk about. And then she told us how that would benefit our audience. So that was literally less than 10 seconds for us to decide. And kind of like just kind of rounding everything out, like is when you pretty much present everything in a pretty package people are more likely to say yes because they don't have to use extra brain cells to figure it out like 
if you want people to do business with you, like you pretty much have to sometimes kind of like lay it at their feet. And like, she was just such a dream to work with. So kind, so nice, but also so very prepared and so very professional. So anytime, you know, even outside of that, when we come across her platform, we always support her. We always do whatever we can and different things like that. But she has probably been one of my favorite guests that we've had on our podcast. Yeah, I can agree. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment segment. And this is when Shelby and I will read a listener letter that was submitted to us via email or DM. And then we give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hello, Shelby and Erica. So I have a situation and I need your advice on. One of my really good friends set me up on a blind date a few months ago. Surprisingly, everything has been going well. We decided about a month ago that we wanted to be exclusive and have started to have intentional conversations about our future and make sure we're on the same page with where we want this to go. We got on the subject of finances and it came up that I make more money than him. I don't think this is a big deal. He has a job, works hard, and brings in good money, as do I. However, I've decided that ever since he found out I make more, he's been acting differently, and I realized that it bothers him that I make more money. I've tried to talk him to him about it, but he shuts down. Then the other day, we got into a huge argument, and it was an all-out blowout over me making more money. I was honestly shocked. Him making more money does not bother me, but his acting like this because I do. Um, How should I talk to him about this and or should I take my L and keep it pushing? Um, I think that obviously if you... If you notice that he's bothered by you making more money or he feels some type of way, I think it's really important to talk about it and to have a conversation about it, especially if you like him and you see this going somewhere. Um, I think it's important. Um, I think that you should give it a try. And then I think that if he's not uh, responsive to having the conversation or he tries to brush it off or he doesn't take you seriously and different things like that, then I think that that's when you would have to step back and evaluate, okay, like, do I want to be with somebody that doesn't want to have a conversation with me or that won't talk things out when it bothers him? I think that we are definitely moving into a time um, in today's society where women are becoming big earners in their families. You know what I mean? And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that as long, I think that if you're earning a lot of money, first and foremost, kudos to you, because as women, we know how hard it can be to get the salaries that we deserve and the salaries that we want. So kudos to you, girl. So happy and proud of you. I don't think that it's a big deal that you make more money than him, especially if you're not being rude, especially if you're not being disrespectful, especially if you're not throwing it in his face. What it sounds like is that he's insecure because he doesn't make as much money as you. I think that I don't think all men care about this. I think some men could care less, (laughs) but I think that some Mm -hmm. men's ego get in the way. And I think some men have like really old fashioned ways of thinking and believing and you know, different things like that. And then here's another thing. I think a lot of men are quite making more money to be in the head of the household. You can be the head of the household and not make as much money. Does that make sense? Or at least in my head, yeah. I feel that way. 
But I think it's just one of those things that he's in his head about. And I think that that's something that he's going to personally have to work through if he wants to be you. But I think that some men can't get over it. But I think if he's willing to have a conversation about it, and I think if he's willing to be honest about it, I think that you all will be able to work through this and overcome this. But if he's not responsive to the conversation or he tries to blow it off or he blows up on you about it, then that's your cue and that's your red flag that, you know, he's not for you. Yes, I would definitely say this is a red flag, poo. Like, this is a red flag. And this would always, if it's not addressed, it's always going to be something that comes up in your arguments, even if you ain't even arguing about it. Like, if you all of a sudden mad because he, or he all of a sudden mad at you because you didn't put the toothpaste back where it belongs, it's really because of this, because you haven't addressed this issue. So, I would definitely say talk about it. But it is kind of hard to talk to someone who shuts down and won't talk about it. Um, and, like Shelby was congratulating you, like, don't ever feel bad for making your coin. Okay. Do you, but to be honest, the fact that you make more money than him, isn't even about you. It's about him and how it makes him feel about himself and his success and where he's at in his career. So he is internalizing it. And unfortunately, when someone does that, there's nothing that you can really do to make him think differently or feel like the man of the house. So definitely like Shelby was saying, it is, it's, could be his ego getting in the way but as long as you aren't throwing it in his face or making him feel inadequate because of it then you're doing nothing wrong um but if it's causing like blow-ups and arguments then you might need to reevaluate being in a relationship with someone who causes you stress like this over your accomplishments um, because you never want to dull your shine and make you know someone else feel comfortable um because if he doesn't feel comfortable then he needs to possibly start looking for you know, another job that might may offer more or something like that. And if he refuses to do that, if he refuses to talk, then yeah, you might need to keep it pushing. I mean, I, it, I would not say just dead the whole situation, but at least talk about it. But if he's not willing to do that and he's always making you feel bad about it, then you might need to reevaluate the relationship. So, um, but if you have if you guys out there have any other questions that you want us to answer, send us an email to all things melanin tv at gmail.com or slide in our dms at all things melanin underscore underscore so today we'll leave you with the words of encouragement coming from isaiah 40 31 shelby you want to read the bible verse yeah but those who trust in the lord will find new strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint so when i read this bible verse and different things like this they actually read this verse of the whole scripture every single Sunday. And I just remember like when I first started hearing this verse and different things like that, like it really didn't like sink in like the meaning or what it meant. But as the past year and a half has worn on, <laughs> I feel like I've been able to resonate and understand um, this verse more and more and more. So when I read this, or I think about this and I let it sink in my spirit. It just really reminds me that when you trust God and trust in and in trusting God, you don't necessarily have to be the strongest. You don't have to be the smartest, the most elite, but you just got to trust him. When you trust God, he will give you the strength that you need to endure the season that you're in. 
So if you need a lot of strength, he's going to give that to you. If you need a little strength, he's going to give that to you. If you need a little push, if you need a little reassurance, whatever you may need, God is going to supply that to you, but you have to trust him. When you trust him, I feel like it'll feel like you're just soaring and you're just taking off. And I say that because I think a lot of times we try to handle our issues and our problems on our own. And when it doesn't work out how we want it to, like we feel dejected, we feel lonely, we feel all these mix of emotions that we can feel. But I think that sometimes we go through certain seasons or we're in certain places in our life where we have these certain emotions because God is just waiting on us to trust him. and. If we're being honest, it sounds so simple, but trusting God, honestly, sometimes for me, and I'm talking about myself, is difficult because I'm a control freak. I like things to go my way and I like things to happen when I want to happen. But I have to remember that I'm not on my own timeline, that I'm on God's timeline. And this really, really just reminds me that when I trust in God, that he is going to go before me and do the rest. He's going to give me strength. He's going to give me wings like an eagle so I can figure it out and I can go where I need to go. That as long as I keep going, as long as I keep trucking, as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other, God has my back and he's going to get me there. What about you, friend? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I definitely (laughs) have to read this a lot, especially the first sentence, the who trust in the Lord will find new strength because for so long I have been trying to do stuff out of my own strength. When we can't do anything out of our own strength because we can try, we definitely can try, but that's when you get so worn out. But when that happens to me, it's a clear sign that I'm not trusting God all the way. Like I'm just not, I'm trusting my own strength. And like you were saying, Shelby, you like things done a particular way on your timetable. I'm that same way. I feel like God don't really give us no details and I'm a detail oriented person. Give me the details. And he does not. So (laughs) that kind of stresses me that I find myself doing stuff in my own, my own strength. And then that's how I end up being worn out. So I'm definitely trying to learn this. And also that we are, like you were saying, Shelby, we're not on his timetable. So If we learn to trust, we will be able to kind of just rest in that he's taking care of it because we serve an eternal God. So what is time to him? You know what I mean? We may think this is taking so long, but really it could be like a second to God. You know what I mean? So we got to focus on trusting him so we won't get worn out, so we won't get weary. So that's what it means to me. Okay. Well, I'm going to pray us on out. There's nothing else. Close your eyes and bow your head. Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for allowing us to wake up and to see another day, Lord Jesus. Thank you for covering us. Thank you for allowing us to get to this point. We pray for every person that is a symbol and that is listening to this podcast. We don't know the, we don't know what's on their minds. We don't know what's weighing them down. We don't know what they're dealing or battling with, Lord Jesus, but you do. So we pray that you would lighten their load. We pray that you would give them affirmation and confirmation on what to do, where to go, and what not to do, and what to do. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would go before them and continually protect them. We pray that you would wrap their your arms around them and love them, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just be with them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.